Hello and welcome again to the Stouting Off Podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Hello again and welcome to the Stouting Off Podcast. I'm your host, now and forevermore, Drew Stoutenberg is the name of me. Joined live in studio as always by my producer, Jordan. How are you, buddy? Doing great, thank you. Love to hear that. You are looking great, you're doing great, and you're sounding great. <laughs> because we got new gear, you guys. We got new mics here in the studio, and uh, these mics were actually graciously provided to us by E2i Design, our sponsor. Um, for those of you who don't know, E2i Design is a group of AVL professionals, and what they do is provide uh, all kinds of organizations with AVL stuff. That's audio, video, lighting. For a live setting or a broadcast setting, doesn't matter. They'll call on houses of worship, provide them with solutions that they need, or different commercial, uh, yeah, different commercial chains or restaurants, hotels, etc. Um, yeah, if you need some like really good customer service, if you need some really good and thorough know-how, they're your people. Okay, E2I Design, letter E, number two, letter I, E2I Design. Their website is e2idesign.com. Am I right on that, George? Sure are. Will you flip up a little lower third name thing when I say that on yeah. the podcast? It's probably already going to be gone by now, actually. <laughs> it's already <laughs> coming on. E2i Design, though, they hooked us up with the audio gear. We love you guys. Thank you very much for doing that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, it doesn't matter if you're an organization or an individual, you can get in contact with them and they'll, they can hook you up. <laughs> Maybe not in this exact same way, unless you have a podcast that's wildly successful like ours. Um, Sounds about right, right? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, thanks again. Actually, we um, these mics, I don't know if you knew this, Jordan, these mics were seven weeks on back order, and they were able to get us the mics in two weeks. It's insane. Seven-week back order from the manufacturer. E2i stepped in. They said, nah, we'll take care of this. Two weeks later, here they are. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Um, how's your week been, Jordan? It's been awesome. Wait, it's going to be when this episode... It's, it's going to be a Monday when we air this so how was your weekend <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> how was your uh, weekend? halloween was taxing um <laughs> we're absolute well, we idiots <laughs> um full disclosure you're again you're getting a, a peek behind the curtain it's thursday the weekend hasn't even come yet and i was asking jordan how was his weekend <laughs> how was your weekend coming up <laughs> <laughs> What if you made some bold predictions and then they happened, like just off the wall predictions? Yeah. Like, yeah, there was an earthquake this past weekend, first in the, you know, first in several decades. And yeah, you're just making all kinds of predictions and they came true. Then they turned it into a movie. And then they turned it into a movie called Stouting, Stouting Off. I mean, you know, <laughs> Stouting Off Podcast. Stouting Off the Movie. <laughs> People go and see it and it's about something completely different. <laughs> There's no mention of the podcast at all. Uh, that's uh, there was a movie back in the um, the nineties, back when the ninja there was like a huge ninja craze, three ninjas, surf ninjas, all that stuff. Well, there you go. It was, it was surf ninjas. Come to think of it, did you ever see that movie? No. The movie Surf Ninjas. No. The kid. Um, Nineteen ninety three. It was like three brothers, just like three ninjas too. And um, Rob Schneider was actually in it, and he was hilarious. Money can't buy knives was his funny little segment. But in that movie, the um, yeah, there's the three boys. Wait, Rob Schneider's one of them. Yeah, they're yeah. not brothers. They're—I yeah. don't think they're related. Maybe they are. 
We'll throw know. that up. Yeah, it's a good picture. Save that one. Um, but in the movie, the youngest person, <laughs> I was about to say brother, he has a Sega Game Gear, which that's another blast from the past right there. It was a yeah. handheld game console. And in it, he could kind of see a couple seconds into the future. Like he was like playing it and it would show kind of like his surroundings. And then, for example, there would be like some ninja that was trying to attack him on a roof, like in the game. And then, yeah, he would like look up and there was a guy up there, you know, <laughs> like this, this kind of stuff happened. That's awesome. But anyway, that's what's going to happen with this podcast. Um, yeah, the weekend was great. And then all those things come true. Um, have you guys caught up with The Bachelorette? Monica has has been watching it, but I have not. Last Mon and I talked, she hadn't. Mm. Do you know if she has? The last but- thing that I I walked in the other night. Um, oh, it was that actually after we we recorded the last podcast, mm. and she was watching it on TV and something about Dale. Dale, household name. Um, you know, I've been watching the the Bachelor slash Bachelorette for years and years i know it's recently become really cool to talk about and stuff but literally this has been the context and like yeah and the topic of many group chats that i've been in throughout the years you know um all that to say i'm not just jumping on the bachelorette bandwagon i'm not even going to spend too much time talking about it but the current season so you don't know what's going on let me explain so this guy dale we're only three episodes in i think and claire right when dale got out of the limo to meet him the first time she was like, oh, this <laughs> might as well just pack up the cameras and everything right now. I like this guy. This is the guy I want to be with, you know? She was just smitten with him right off the bat. And um, so, like, for the next couple episodes, it's just been the Dale show. Like, she's just wild about Dale. <laughs> W-A-D, wild about Dale. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Um, and so the, I just caught up, like, last night because I just record them and then I just watch back. But... Uh, the the show can't go on too much longer like this. And I think the next episode, which will be Tuesday, um, I think she's going to like, just like end her segment. But then again, she's getting hate for that. I think that's kind of a noble and an honorable position to take. You know, if you're, if you have 31 guys or whatever it is, and you know which one you want already, you're doing a disservice to everybody by stringing them all along and acting like they have a chance. Even I especially think when you get to like the final four, and three, two, whatever, those people really like you at that point. I, I truly believe, you know, yeah. I, I don't think they're there just for the cameras at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, the like TV show too is going to start pushing like, all right, this is the episode where you have to say, I love you. Yeah. You right. Say it back yep. or whatever. Yeah. So like taking all of that away is probably a good thing. Yeah. I, so I think it's a good thing that she's going to and spoiler alert, but it's, I think it's publicly known. Uh, she's going to end the, like end her segment and then another bachelorette's going to take over Tasha. Uh, oh, we, we talked about this, didn't we? Really? Maybe really yeah, briefly. I think so. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think that's the right thing to do. Oh, we talked about it on the podcast. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I remember you're like, Tasia or you said yeah. or something like yeah, that. I probably botched it. You botched it. It's all right. Um, speaking of trash reality TV, did you see the Kim Kardashian tweet this past week? No. <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable. Let me find out, uh, or let me find it. Let me found. Let me find out what she said. Um, she uh, she has some kind of like special on Netflix or something. I saw with David Letterman. Oh, okay. I actually watched that. Was it good? It's uh, yeah. I believe that series is called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, or maybe just My Next Guest or something like this. It's David Letterman sitting down with I like I don't know, just really popular icons in pop culture. 
Dave Chappelle, Lizzo, uh, Kim Kardashian. That's this current season. But he sat down with Barack Obama, um, Kanye, I think, George Clooney. So, yeah, That's cool. it's really good. And David Letterman, he's just a master conversationalist, too. Yeah. I really admire that um, about him. He's pretty old. How old is David Letterman? Look up how old David Letterman is, and then look how old his son is. He's got like a son that I think, like, was he's bo- seventy three? Is how not is, the son. His, the son is seventy three. Harry Joseph Letterman is sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's seventy three, and he's sixteen. I guess that's not totally inconceivable. But how old would he have been? I mean, then? we're probably going to have to throw this up though, because save <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, God. oh that's great oh okay so anyway about kim k she tweets this after two weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine i surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private island where we could pretend things were normal just for a brief moment in time and jordan on this tweet there are two pictures of like the family on this private island it looks so nice. Like you can tell they're all like in beachy stuff. It's like on a beach. Yeah. And she got some pushback for, for that. Like, hey, sorry that you had to go into quarantine for two weeks or whatever. Uh, but so glad. Yeah, so glad things are back to normal for you. In other words, you get to go back to your private island and you get to go back to jet setting everywhere you want. <laughs> spending just exorbitant amounts of cash. Oh, yeah. We're so sorry that you had to buckle down for two weeks. Meanwhile, like. 30% of the country is like, do you know how much income we've lost over the past? Like, right. we make pennies compared to you. What you find in your couch cushions is what I make in a year, probably. Um, is what most people, including me, are saying. But anyway, so she got pushback for that. And so she, um, she her t- next tweet after that, like a day or two after that was, now that I have your attention, this is a reminder to vote six days from now. So instead of addressing all the claims that and like all the the flack that she was getting, she's like, now that I have your attention, remember to vote. And then it's more pictures of her and uh, um, what's the mom's name? Whatever. Chris. Chris Jenner. More vacation pictures of them, dude. I'm like, this woman truly doesn't exist in reality. Yeah. But then again, I watched that David Letterman special with her and... She seemed pretty level-headed. She's gone through struggles and she's, you know, while she's not like, wouldn't, even if I was like mega rich and elite and socialite, we probably wouldn't get along very well. She at least does her own thing, you know, but then she does stuff like that. And it's like, man, I was starting to like you for a second. And then you got to rub my nose in the fact that I'm not rich. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Do you think she deserves it? Like the cash? The flack? Oh, the flack? Um, for example. If you were to put, let's not say you, but someone in your family, right, was just absolutely rich, just yeah. nasty rich. That'd be sweet. And they're like, "Hey, quarantine is up, or we can move, we can fly on our jet again." Oh, the flack. Do for, you want to go? The flack for the trip is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I don't think many people have a problem with her going on that trip. It's just kind of like flaunting it. Yeah. You know, like it's sure. it's just poor taste and ill timed. Yeah, because this is one of the hardest years that most Americans or you could probably argue most people around the globe have ever experienced. Yeah. So you're going to say that while 
people are unemployed right now and people are sick and X, X number of people have died and whatever. Everybody's kind of scared of this thing. <laughs> You're out on a private island. Yeah. Looking hot with your hot family. Yeah, I don't true. need to see that. That's why I deactivated Twitter, honestly. Um, I guess it's not. I deactivated my Twitter because I was just reading about the same, like, probably 15 to 20 people all the time. The algorithms just, I guess, pegged these 20 people as, like, the ones I want to read, I guess, which wasn't even the, the case. I was just hiding everybody, ultimately, or eventually, rather. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I just thought that was unbelievable. That's crazy. She's like, now that I have your attention, remember to vote. Here's more pictures of me on the beach. Okay, that's just... You have no clue. It's just like clueless. No context. Like no context clue for this person. <laughs> um, Dude, people who post pictures with a totally, totally different caption oh is funny. Oh my gosh. Yes, Don't forget is. to vote. They're like surfing. Or like, dude, even um, even like non-famous people. Like, you see how comfortable that, yeah. that was? Yeah. You guys, I just sat back with the mic and it just like tilts and turns however I need it to go. It's really nice. Um, even like, yeah, like Instagram influencers and wannabe influencers, like here's a bikini pic. And then it's like, I don't know, some quote shoot for the stars. Cause even if you miss, you'll land on the moon or whatever like this. Um, or you know, what's even funnier than that is like when you see, oh, I don't even know if I want to go there. Um, it'll be like a bikini picture and then like a Bible verse caption. It'll be like a girl on the beach, like her thong is out and it's the caption is Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans for you. I have whatever. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for you to prosper and blah, blah, blah and stammer and trip over the Bible verse. So whatever, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, dude. It hurts me to, to see, hurts me to see, enjoy laughing about it, but maybe don't do that. Oh, yeah, that's a good opportunity to do that. Hey, if you're going to post a bikini picture and then a Bible verse with it, don't do that. Don't do that. Straight up, it's that simple. You see how hard that was for me to reach back there just now? Yeah, big reach. It, did I reposition this furniture like in my sleep or something? Because something doesn't feel... Am I, am I like seated in the proper like orientation? Yeah. You're backwards. <laughs> Oh, wait. The proper orientation? Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. I'm facing that way. Something doesn't look <laughs> normal as it usually does. And I didn't call it out. <laughs> you didn't notice? <laughs> Come to think of it, you are facing 90 degrees clockwise from where you normally are. Um, uh, I have email phrases written down because I was thinking about some email phrases that I don't like to read in emails. Hope and trust you're doing well. Um, and I also don't like... You hear that throat <laughs> gurgle? I also don't like thanks in advance. I don't really like it when people say that to me because it's like it doesn't give me a say in like when you say thanks in advance, it's you're just taking it for granted. You're like it's a given that I'm going to do and comply with what you want me to do. I don't have a choice anymore in the world of thanks in advance. So when I see that, I'm like, OK, well, you, will you still thank me if I disagree and don't want to do what you are asking me to do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, do any of those email phrases come to mind for you? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. I honestly say thanks in advance quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Oops. In all my emails Only to idiots you. Only idiots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if, yeah, what if we conducted a lot of po- podcast business over email? We had our own domain and everything. It would be sweet. I guess here's a difference. It would be here's sweet to conduct business over email. <laughs> oh. Here's the difference, though is I'll say thanks in advance when I know it's something they can do. If I'm asking for a favor, true. I'm not going to say thanks in advance. Oh, true. Fair. Like, hey, Fair. I'm going to do something a little unorthodox here. You know, could you do yeah. this for me? Thanks in advance. Yeah. I'm going to say, hey, can you get me that tracking number when you get a second? Thanks in advance. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's true. Something if it's like, if it do. is something that's like a given, like yeah. you're on, yeah, you're on the hook for it. That person is on their hook. <laughs> on their hook. <laughs> person is on their hook for it um <laughs> we have a bourbon trail trip coming up man are you excited december for third that? december 3rd so through 6th. Excited. yeah so jordan and i as well as three of our friends are going to tour just dis- uh some distilleries in uh kentucky um first weekend of december we're doing it safely socially distant with masks and small touring parties which i believe are 10 or less um, but it's going to be really, really fun. And I put together, whenever I do a trip, I like to put together a little itinerary and not to be too overly structured, but at least just in, in terms of like appointment times and reservations, some people are put off by that. To me, it gives me freedom because I'm like, okay, when I see where the appointments and reservations are, okay, now I know where my like free time is between yeah. and how long I have to get to this place, etc. So really, structure equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. That's a book by uh, this military guy called Jocko something. Um, and yeah, an old like boss of mine told me to get it. Discipline equals freedom. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. The uh, the bourbon trail trip. Let me pull up the itinerary. And um, yeah, we're going to Lux Road Distillers, Barbin, Bardstown, <laughs> Barbin. We're going to Bardstown Bourbon Company. We're going to Wild Turkey, Kentucky Peerless, Evan Williams Experience, and Stitzel Weller. So it should be really fun. It's going to be three nights. Our Airbnb has a hotel. Dude, Dude. a hotel. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm literally failing right now. It has a hotel. Guys, it, guys got a stroke. Uh, seriously, on air. Um, it has a hot tub is what I meant to say, not a hotel. Yeah. It has a hot tub. I won't get in it. You won't? No. Do you remember the um, the tub that was in that room at Kalahari that we got all those years ago and I got a rash after being in it? Firstly, never take a bath in a hotel hot, uh, like tub, bathtub, hot tub, or anything like this. Um, yeah, never take a bath in a hot tub. I'm failing right now. It stinks. Uh, I'm not going to get in it, I don't think. You don't? No, maybe. Um, <laughs> no, there's absolutely no way. Maybe though. Um, let's go into our next segment. What has what have I been watching? So I recently, uh, just a few days ago, watched this uh, documentary on Amazon Prime. Actually, not Netflix for once. And I'm pulling up the information about it right now. It's called "The Identity Theft of Mitch Mustaine." Um, it was made in 2013. Let me just explain a little bit of the synopsis or a little plot summary. In 2005, Mitch Mustaine was the top high school quarterback in America, the first ever consensus Gatorade parade and USA Today player of the year in high school. He began his college career with eight consecutive victories. 
as a freshman. Then momentum stopped. That should be enough to whet your appetite, wet your palate, so to speak. Um, basically, what happened was this guy was unbelievable. He was the top high school athlete in the country in football. He was a quarterback, stud quarterback in Arkansas. And he got all these like national recognition kind of thing. This was actually, I believe, Tim Tebow's draft year as well. And he was ranked higher than Tim Tebow. And I think Matt's, I think Matt Stafford may have been that year as well. Can you look that can you verify that, Jordan? Actually, yeah. Matt Stafford, the Lions quarterback, and Tim Tebow. Just look up um draft year. Draft, yeah, 2005. Uh so his draft year was not NFL, but for college. Oh. Uh, but anyway. It's all all that to say he was highly fa- he was blessed and highly favored in athletics and he had all this stuff going for him as a freshman he won his first eight consecutive games um and then he kind of fell off the wagon and what are you seeing Jordan? 2006 yeah 2000. was uh was um Master Mitch Mustaine yeah um yeah um I believe it'd be just like college. It wouldn't be college draft because there isn't one. <laughs> we don't know much about sports, but I love sports because sports are kind of like an analogy for life. You know, you win some, you lose some. The the great will rise above their circumstances, etc. What are you finding? Two thousand six for Matt Stafford. Matt too. Stafford. Okay. Yep. So like he was. As a, as a high school senior, he was ranked above Matt Stafford, Tim Tebow. Matt Stafford, although he plays for the Lions, he is highly regarded as a really, really strong arm. And especially as a younger man, he was like, he was a standout talent. But that should tell you how special Mitch Mustaine was. Yeah. Mitch Mustaine. I don't know where the the uh, emphasis is in Mustaine. Mustaine? Yeah, I don't know. Mitch Must, Mustaine. I think it's Mustaine. Yeah, like it Mustang. Be. But with no G. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a really fascinating story. And ultimately, it came to, without spoiling too much, I mean, if you want to watch the the thing, it's on Amazon Prime, and it was really interesting. Um, but to just give you a little bit of a spoiler, it didn't pan out for him. He got caught up in kind of like the, uh, kind of like the locker room politics with his teammates and like coaching and... Um, made some dumb decisions, not like truly life altering, but when you're that highly, uh, watched and you know, that highly observed by many, many people, um, you're just under a microscope and at 18, you can be an idiot. But anyway, it just didn't pan out for him. Um, which is really a shame. Yeah. It sucks. But it fast forwarded a couple years later, he was working at a car dealership, like in his hometown, tiny town in Arkansas. Um, and he was like, you know, ultimately, I just, I guess I didn't really have a passion for football. I was always good at it. So that's why I felt like I had to do it because I had an unbelievable talent for it. But I've, I've said this before, man, just because you're good at something doesn't mean, doesn't automatically mean it gives you joy, you know, right. doesn't yeah. automatically mean that you find fulfillment in that and you want to really pursue it. I think this guy, Mitch, was just doing what everybody wanted him to do for all these years. And then ultimately, when he really had to start to take ownership for it, he's like, the wheels came off because he, it, it wasn't in his heart. You know, it wasn't truly what he wanted. Yeah, crazy. Wasn't in his heart. It sounded so Disney, but it's true. It's true. And while I am explaining this right now, I got yet another 
political campaign text message. When will they stop? Don't know. Don't not know. even after the election. They just keep going. <laughs> who are you voting for in 2024? Um, <laughs> who did you vote for? <laughs> it's it's a week later. Who did you vote? Just out of curiosity. It's dumb. Um, but yeah, that's it's called the identity theft of Mitch Mustaine, and it's on Amazon Prime. Highly recommend you check it out. But that's what I've been watching. Um, I'm reading this book right now. This was on Bill Gates' summer reading list. It's called Moonwalking with Einstein. Subtitle, The Art and Science of Remembering Everything. Can you see it on camera? Yeah, oh yeah. And I'm not even, I mean, I'm halfway through. Um, but he just got to this point in the book. Well, let me give you some context, okay? It's the art and science of follow, uh, of remembering everything. And... It's written from the perspective of this guy who, let's see, he won the, he won like the USA Memory Championships, okay? So he won the USA Memory Championships a year after he found out what it was in the first place. So he trained for a year and he won it. And in this thing, dude, you have to, like, they do things like they'll give you three decks of cards and you have to, in in 15 minutes, have to memorize the whole sequence, or there was another guy who uh, memorized the entire 1,774-page Oxford Chinese-English Dictionary, 56,000 words. There's a guy who was able to do that. I mean, the feats of memory that these guys are able, to, these guys and girls are able to uh, accomplish and achieve is unbelievable. And what I just got to this point in the book last night where it's really interesting. They're saying, "Hey, this isn't a gift." I'm not some kind of savant. I mean, maybe there is a little bit of natural gifting or, I don't know, genetic favorability. But they're saying for the most part, memory is like a muscle. And if you practice and if you train it and if you repeat exercises and you continue to work it out, you can do this kind of thing too. Not just like read a page over and over and over, but they have tools. So can I share one of the tools? Yeah. The main tool, actually. And this dates back to this... uh, this like, I think he's like a like a Greek. Um, he's a some. What's it? Uh, yeah, he's this Greek guy around 80, 82 BC. Um, oh, it was written anonymously. That's why I can't find his name. <laughs> anonymously authored um, Latin rhetoric textbook called Rhetorica ad Herenium. Um, and anyway, oh, the memory uh, techniques were invented by this Greek guy called Simonidas, Simonidas. It's, yeah, anyway. All that to say, the tactics and the strategies that this guy employed in 82 BC are still what they use today. And what it is, uh, the idea to, to remember a sequence or to remember things, the idea is to create a space in the mind's eye, a, space, a place that you know well and can easily visualize and then populate that imagined place with images representing whatever you want to remember. Known as the method of loci by the Romans, such a building would later come to be called a memory palace. What they're saying is when you can visualize something, the memory connects things uh, of visual nature far better than just abstract, just thinking about it. So if you can associate a memory with a place, a location, 
this is how these guys do this. Dang, that's sick. Yeah. So he was saying, he was saying, Jordan, that um, if if he wanted to remember his his shopping list, for example, say it's 15 items. He said, okay, picture yourself at your childhood home. At the foot of the driveway, there is cottage cheese. You need to remember to get cottage cheese, okay? So that's going to be the first thing. Just put it right next to the mailbox there, right where you, you know, and then try to picture it. He talks about like, try to picture whatever it is you're trying to remember in like some animated outlandish way. Picture your... Picture your dog taking a, a, a bath in a pool, a, a, a kiddie pool of cottage cheese right there. Imagine how weird that looks right next to your mailbox. Okay, so then you go up to the front door. I just remembered I have to get dill pickles as well. So let's picture some dill pickles right there. I'm just going off the top of my head. Dill pickles and, um, but the dill pickles are alive. They're all dancing around a jar of pickles. You know, it's, it's outlandish stuff, but it's tied to a location. Okay. And so he's talking about, this is how I remember like a, a 15 to 20 item grocery list off the top of my head. And then he just goes throughout the house, you know, your childhood home, for example. And he's just assigning <laughs> like ta- like ta- tasks or to do's uh, with different locations in different funny little ways. And that's how he remembers obscene amounts of things. That's not just, insane. Yeah, not just a 15 to 20 minute or a 15 to 20 item grocery list, but all kinds of things three decks of cards you know yeah here's the king of hearts at the mailbox and then you go to here and then yeah so anyway i was reading through a little simulation of it last night and i was like wow this is pretty crazy um but it's a really cool book you know memory for centuries memory was actually taught like um in the same way that language arts would be or the humanities or critical thinking memory was right there as a core kind of field of study. Um, we don't really focus too much on memory anymore, but we really should. We really should focus on our memories because what 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 does it matter if you can conceptualize and learn something if you don't remember it or right. if you can't remember how to apply certain things and principles? So, Not to mention memory like meeting somebody or you know remembering their, their name. name. I mean, that stuff is like, if you were to walk up to somebody who you hadn't seen in a really long time, yeah, and you were to hear like them say, "Hey Jordan, how's it going?" Yeah, "Hey Drew, how's it going?" You're gonna be like, "Dang, dude, we only met once that's, or twice." Yeah, that's sweet. You know? Yeah, we only met that's once or twice, like, like eight months ago. Yeah, that's sweet. In passing, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, some people say, "Oh, that's that person." You know, that's just a gift. But if you can. In that particular context, since it's not a sequence, if you can just remember that person's face or whatever with a location or yeah. a setting, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the office, Michael has a mnemonic device for device. It's just a strategy for remembering people's names. And he's like, he gives everybody really offensive nicknames. Shirty, Baldy, uh, Mole. <laughs> um he's like yeah he's saying all these things that i wouldn't repeat on here but he some uh oh yeah can you look up the uh michael scott remembering tony tony's name it's like he's tony does it say it should say like pepperoni tony um <laughs> uh some of these are i know not, that's what i'm saying um uh, 
It doesn't find the Tony, Tony one. It's Hold not. It, it it's not in that scene. It's in a different scene. But he's like, he was just so fat. <laughs> um, dang. I'll come back to it. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, they took Parks and Rec off Netflix. It's pretty messed up, or they're going to at least. I think. Really? Yeah. Which you never like to see. Um, let me see if I can find this. Yeah. Here it is. I found it. How'd you find it so quick? I knew what I was looking for. Um, duh. He goes, Job of the Hut, Pizza the Hut, Fat Guys Like Pizza, Pepperoni Pizza, Pepperoni Tony. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Job of the Hut, Pizza the Hut, Fat Guys Like pep- like Pizza, Pepperoni Pizza, Pepperoni Tony. It's so stupid. <laughs> That's um, funny. Yeah. It's unreal. I'm not even far enough in the office to know who Tony is. Oh, it's early on, kind of. Mm. Is it? During his, um, I know Toby. Toby, yeah. Goodbye, Toby. What do you think that? Um, well, what was his name? Um, our guy who did the memory stuff. Um, Joshua. Four. Oh, the author of this book. Yeah. yeah. So, like, took me back to the Mitch Mustaine yeah. thing, and how Mitch grew up playing football, did all this stuff yeah. and then just stopped. And, you know, now he works at a car dealership. This guy was a freelance journalist for his entire career or whatever. My first instinct when someone changes like that is like, what would my parents say if I went in and said, I'm going to be like, I'm going to stop doing journalism for one year. Yeah. And I'm going to win the memory, the, like USA memory championship. Yeah. If they would be like, what do you mean? What about all the schooling you went through for journalism? But now he's like, not only did he win that, now he's probably a best-selling author. Yep. He's probably all these different things. Yeah, I life mean, life is what you make it, man. Life is what you make it. No, it's a really good point. Like, people make decisions. People are, some people are dominant. Like their their thought lives and their their daily life is dominated by what will so and so think. What will my parents think? What will my friends think? What will my spouse think? Um, and if you live that way, you'll never step. Like this guy had to ma- take a major step. Like he yeah. had to take a major risk by quitting. Probably, I mean, he wrote a best-selling book, so you got to imagine he was a good journalist, good writer in general. True, but he took time off. <laughs> yeah, he took say a year or so to pursue something completely new. Um, on paper. That's the right thing to do, and I'll always encourage it, and I'll always endorse it, and say that's the yeah, that's the right path. In real life, I understand that can be really hard. As somebody yeah. who cares what people think about me and my choices, you know, yeah. Um, just in a moment of transparency and full vulnerability, but nothing good is achieved. Nothing of value is achieved without some degree of vulnerability, which I talked about. Maybe was that episode one where I talked that about during really uh, early? It was on. early. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Yeah, you you got to just like put yourself out there and try. Life on this earth is too short to not be doing what you, you know, what you want to do. Right. You know, 
And I don't mean that in the sense of doing whatever you want to do, regardless of who you hurt or do this or whatever. I just mean like, <laughs> go quit your job. <laughs> yeah. Divorce your spouse, quit your job, burn all your bridges with your friends. Who cares who you hurt? Whatever. Never talk to your family again. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is it's too short to like be living a, a like a day to day life that, you know, you don't like, <laughs> especially when it comes to job. Yeah. You know, not talking about relationship, especially like a, a marriage relationship. You made a covenant there. Okay. So if you don't like it right now, you just got to figure it out. Okay. And I'm not married. So that's, as, that's as far as my experience on that can go. Uh, but what I am saying is about your job and your, your, your hobbies and how you spend your time. Don't, yeah, don't, don't try to conform to what other people want you to be. Be you. Be you. Be you. Everyone's a snowflake, honestly. And not in the derogatory way that some people say. I'm talking about you are uniquely created and you have your own passions and desires and you have your own uh, talents and gifts. And there is a space in this world that only you can occupy. So fill that space. Fill that niche. Some people say niche. Fill that role in life, in this world. Yeah, dude. Right? Yeah, totally. It's a nice bourbon. Old Forester 1910. Are you still working on yours, Jordan? Yeah, I am. Hard reach, so it's kind of been sitting there. Is it tougher than my reach? Yeah, it is actually. Well, I don't want to knock the (laughs) The interface interface off again. Um, So this is kind of a, I don't know, this this could be friendly for like a, uh, this could be friendly for like a beginner bottle. Uh, I think, right? Yeah, but I I think it commands like a fifty or sixty dollar price tag, so that might put some people off. But it really is really sweet. It's really sweet. Um, and they've got the nineteen twenty and the eighteen. Yeah, I don't know. Ninety. They have several something like they have several bottles. Your father in law loves this stuff, right? Is he a big old forester? He was a big nineteen twenty guy. Yeah. Oh, true. He was big in the nineteen twenties. We did. (laughs) We did a tasting. He's probably listening, so we have to call him out on this. Yeah, we do. He Hi, Mark. claimed that it was the best bourbon ever. And then we did a big tasting. We did a blind tasting at the end. He tasted the 1920, which was his favorite, and said, this, I'd never have this on my shelf. This sucks. This, this is this dirty dishwater, whatever. <laughs> we're like, hate to break it to you, Mark. This, this, this bourbon that you're hating on right now was previously stated by you as your favorite bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how a flight can yeah. change oh, yeah. your taste buds. And honestly, day to day, sometimes I like things on this day that I wouldn't like on this day and vice versa, which is why I have to have 60 bottles or yep. whatever is up there. I don't know. Um, we'll show you the shelf sometime, you guys. What else did I want to talk about? Um, I had a funny today I learned. Are you with me for this one, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I said, I told Jordan or I told y'all about a today I learned last time. And I was like, isn't that funny, Jordan? And I look up and he's just like texting. I was like, my guy. He's like, yeah, that's funny. I'm like, you didn't hear it. He's like, you're right. Um, listen to this. Today I learned that prairie dog language is complex. They don't just have a call for danger, you know, like you think dogs do, like arf. Their calls can differentiate human, hawk, domesticated dog, coyote, etc. They can tell each other, hey, the, a human is coming or a hawk is coming or a whatever is coming. There's like language. And they can specify size and color. One study found that they can communicate, and this is in quotes here, here comes the short human in the yellow. 
versus the tall human in the blue to each other. Wow. <laughs> they can describe you. That means they can kind of roast you too, you know? Yeah. Like, here comes the idiot in the purple shirt here comes, again. Here comes the ugly guy. Here comes the <laughs> ugly, short, fat guy in the purple shirt. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Prairie dogs are great, man. I want to know, like, I want to be on that, you know, research team. Yeah. Just to see what they were. What are their what methods? Were, what are you doing? How? Yeah. What are you doing? What are your methods there? I'd be wildly curious to learn that. Bring in the yellow guy, the tall guy with the yellow shirt. Over and over and over again. Yeah. And then the purple guy or the purple shirt guy. You know what they probably did, George, was probably they had one guy bring, like, they just introduced the same guy over and over. And then they had him change his shirt color. And then they're probably listening. Did their pattern, did their communication change? Right. Like they have a word for yellow and a word for blue, purple. That'd be funny. But no animal in the animal kingdom has quite the uh, speech capabilities in terms of the brain power. As humans, that's why we've been able to kind of rise to the top of the food chain. Probably, um, <laughs> probably yeah. say stuff. Probably say stuff. Yeah, that's a start. Um, man, I'm loving these new mics. Feels good to talk into these. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Um, I think that's all I've got. <laughs> cool. Um, the iPhone anything? was all you had. <laughs> I think this is all I've got. <laughs> Now all I've got is the mics. Are the mics? Yeah, no, I'm good. Cool. I think that's great. All right. Well, I think that's it for us today, guys. Thanks again, as always, for listening to the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. <laughs>